0: How are music therapists changing the lives of people in Canada? What is the latest research and trends? You are tuned into the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast and we will explore these questions with our guests today. Let's get started. Welcome to the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adrienne and Kathy. On this episode, we are speaking again with Dr. Sarah Rose Black. Sarah Rose shares more about the broad reach and importance of music therapy research. With the Canadian Journal of Music Therapy being an open access journal, it helps bring music therapy research to an international level and to allied health professionals.
1: And here's a little more about Dr. Black. She is a certified music therapist and registered psychotherapist specializing in palliative care and psychosocial oncology at both the Princess Margaret Cancer Centre and Kensington Hospice in Toronto. She is also our outgoing editor of the Canadian Journal of Music Therapy and she promotes music and health with Pulse Music Media.
0: Welcome back to the podcast Sarah Rose it's so nice to see you again. Thank you
2: so much for inviting me back it's always lovely to chat with you both.
0: So I want to talk to you about uh, your hopes for the future of music therapy research in Canada.
2: I'm feeling very optimistic about the growth of music therapy research in our country. And having been the editor of the Canadian Journal of Music Therapy for the past three years, I had the privilege of watching it evolve from a very specific vantage point. And it's been wonderful to see interdisciplinary collaboration and writing and to see uh, newer emerging authors and scholars come to the forefront and share their ideas and their interests. The shift that I've seen and that I hope to continue to see is really that uh, more and more of us become interested in research and dive in with the courage that it takes to uh, to ask questions that make a difference in our field. And really, good research starts with a good question. And I really believe this very strongly. I may have said this to you both before. My hope for the future of music therapy research is that more people get curious about asking more questions and start to formalize that into a research study, into um, assessing what they do, how they do it. And I'm talking about emerging scholars in particular, people who are right out of their training, who are deeply curious about the profession. I think there are such rich questions to be asked. But folks who have been in this work for years and years, they've got the wisdom and the experience, to be able to ask very curated questions because they've seen it. like They've seen things from the front lines. They've seen things from different angles, from teaching. So I would like to see more more of us engage in asking questions and doing research and writing, more submissions, and um, more interdisciplinary collaboration between allied health professionals. I fully believe this is the way forward in the creative arts.
0: Ooh. And yeah, that sounds fantastic. I love that. And then in terms of, you know, this is a curious question for me. Um, so if someone was interested and they had this question, you know, where would they start?
2: This is the million dollar question. And I often get asked this. I think as with so much in our profession and any professional development, find a mentor. Find somebody who's done it or who is doing it and ask the question, what do you think about my question? Do you think we could move this forward? Where should I go with this idea that I have? And really, we're so much stronger together. If you know somebody who's doing research, I always encourage students to reach out to me, especially when I was in my editor role, which I am for a few more weeks. Uh, Please send an email to us and say, I have this idea. Could you point me in the right direction? Typically, institutions have Rigorous setup for conducting research. So if you're working within an institution, connecting to people in that institution who are doing research is your best bet. But there are so many senior music therapists who have done research for decades who are absolutely brilliant and very generous with their knowledge. That's really how I got my start. Interestingly, we were just speaking about Jennifer Nickel, one of the former editor-in-chiefs of the Canadian Journal. And she really gave me my start. She reached out and she said, Would you do a book review? And this was back in 2014 and it was so exciting. So she mentored me and there's countless others. I'm not going to be able to name everyone, but find a mentor and start there because they'll be able to guide you.
0: I think that's great advice. And it's interesting because you came to us Uh, about a year ago and asked if we could submit something for the journal regarding this podcast. So it's almost sort of this full circle uh, time that should be coming out soon. So I want to talk about open access. So how do you see open access academic publishing shaping the future of the music therapy profession?
2: This is one of the things that I am most proud of, of our team over the past three years. I cannot take credit for this. This is a process that's been in place for years and years. The Canadian Journal of Music Therapy has fought hard to become an open access journal. And what that means is our articles are available for free online to anyone. You don't have to pay to read what is in our journal. And that's really critical because it really opens up things from an equity perspective. It makes our research accessible, first of all, just financially, a lot of people can't afford to subscribe to a journal or don't have that kind of um, road in to academic writing. In another almost more important facet, our research can get disseminated around the world very easily now. It's very easy to find Canadian Music Therapy Scholarship because it's available for free online. Mm. And ideally, I think because we are available for free online, things are just going to grow I hope this is great incentive for our cohort in Canada to submit to the journal and to not be afraid to say, you know, I want my voice heard um, and I know that it's going to be available and that's excellent from an equity perspective. Please reach out because we are louder and stronger and even more proud of our research now that we're more available.
0: Yeah, I think I agree. And to your point earlier about that interprofessional collaboration, you know, having it open access, anyone can read it any it's it's accessible to everyone like you said across the globe and um, it's encouraging so in these those allied health professions they can look up the articles get familiar about music therapy understand the issues a little bit more and and it just i don't know it just brings about that collaboration like you're talking about totally
1: um i feel like canadian music therapy scholarship has been a little bit of a secret and that this is kind of gonna blow the lid off, right? Having open access. I remember conversations, I mean, not quite 10 years ago, but we're getting close to that with Nadine Kodetsky when she was the editor, when we were talking about planning towards making this happen. And it's just wonderful that it has, and to see these shifts sarah rose we'd love to hear about your ideas or your hopes about the future of music therapy education which is obviously so tied um to research here in canada
2: thanks for this question it's a huge area of interest and a very important part of what i do and what i believe in so i I really hope to see more individuals enter the profession with a bit of a broader understanding of music therapy before they step in to our field. I think it will make for richer conversations and research projects. So what I mean by that is um, having more access to music therapy information in an undergraduate program, for example. So if somebody is a psychology student, maybe they have learned something about music therapy. And then when they go to work in a hospital setting, they understand what music therapy is already. And it's a little bit easier to refer to the music therapist or collaborate with the music therapist. When I think about music therapy education, I'm not just thinking about our music therapy students. I'm thinking more globally about anyone who's in healthcare who has a baseline understanding of music therapy. I'm happy to report that I'm seeing it grow exponentially here at Princess Margaret, where I still practice. Um, At least once a week, I have one to two learners who are shadowing me from different allied health fields. So it could be a medical student, physiotherapy, occupational therapy, um, spiritual care, social work, etc. And very often they will have already heard of music therapy, they will have met a music therapist, they will have read a music therapy article. So this is one piece that I'm really hopeful about. And then the second piece is that there is wider availability of introductory music therapy courses. I've been thinking about this for a long time and happy to announce with the support of the University of Toronto's faculty of music and my colleagues there, we're launching the first intro to music therapy course. This is not for students who are guaranteed to go into music therapy. This is for people who are interested, which I think is so important. And then of course, for our music therapy students, those of us who go into the undergraduate or the master's degree, I'm hoping for broader and richer topics and more of a research foundation. Again, this comes back to research, um, really empowering students to feel like they can, and maybe they should, continue to ask questions when they've graduated and not just part of their education. There are some amazing courses out there in music therapy research that I've had the privilege of learning, but I think we we could always use more um, and just a little bit more... I of students to go forward and do more in terms of research and disseminating information because it's quite easy to, you know, really get into the rhythm of our clinical work and it's so rich and so amazing. It's hard to take that and disseminate that information to the broader world of healthcare, but it is so vital. So I'm hoping education can empower students to do that.
1: Mm, amazing and congratulations, Sarah Rose, on launching this important course and really reaching broadly into the community, well into the U of T community for for providing that course. And I love how we're talking beyond university education. We're we're talking about how we really educate other healthcare professionals. And this is really important. As you know, I always like to talk about advocacy. This is really important advocacy work and i and i think an important message for any of our music therapists listening because there is so much that we can do in the roles that we are in to educate or to show you know Um, i love how you talk about shadowing so showing um the work that we're doing which we know really speaks volumes in terms of comprehension of of the role that we play
2: Completely. I think showing beyond just telling, like you said. You said that so beautifully. It's so powerful. Um, I do want to mention back in September, my husband Andrew and I uh produced a concert and we had some fellow musicians and we had a wonderful music therapy um student. She's just graduated, she's a music therapist now, and it was a concert where we told stories about music therapy and we performed pieces of music that were played at the bedside. And while it was a concert, I really thought about it as an education and an advocacy event because the people who were in the audience were not just, there were a few music therapy students. It was mostly like medical students, community members, artists, doctors, nurses, friends, family. Like it was a really diverse cohort of people who were there. And I thought this is beyond a performance, like this is education. And that was really exciting to me. So I think concerts can manifest as educational opportunities.
1: It's such an innovative idea. I remember reading about some of our colleagues were describing their experience of being at your concert, and it's just sounded so powerful. Um, really, yeah, a very innovative and another idea that might be inspirational to others to run with. So just again, putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. thanks. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Sarah Rose. You have been served as our uh, journal editor, as you said, for the past three years with the Canadian Journal of Music Therapy. It's such important and valued work that you give so freely of your time and your gifts in doing this, and I know how much. You know, it, it's also it's also some work for you to do it and you're gonna be passing the torch along as your term has come to an end. I wonder if you might share a bit about what the experience has been like over the past three years. And I know you've made a few changes to the journal as well. We'd love to hear about that.
2: It's been such a privilege truly to stand on the shoulders of so many people who have come before. I mean, I'm thinking about that open access shift. That was the work of dozens and dozens of people. like That was years in the making. Everything that the journal is, has come from thousands of hours of people giving their heart and soul to this project, which has evolved. So I'm thankful to be able to step into the role and build on what has already been done, which has been very inspirational. It's been a whirlwind. Um, I have the most wonderful team. I have to shout out my phenomenal French content editor, Annabelle Bro. She is Next level brilliant and has become a dear friend and it's been a privilege to work with her. We're so excited that we onboarded our first associate editor, Sarah Pun, who is absolutely phenomenal as well and brings beautiful wisdom from different adjacent areas like ethnomusicology and a really rich music therapy perspective as well. And working closely with Pam and the team has been so lovely because everyone just really cares. Everyone really cares about this journal. (laughs) And although it is challenging, as so many aspects of academia are, that it is unpaid labor to run a journal largely, um, especially a smaller journal, small but mighty, that's been tough. But there's uh, becoming a, a richer acknowledgement, I think, within our organization. And then I think across the world, people are really speaking up about the fact that journal editors do highly skilled work, associate editors uh, put in tons of highly skilled free time, et cetera, et cetera. So it's been great. I've loved our team. I've loved what I've learned. But the best, best, best part has been working with the authors.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Speaking of shout outs, and Kathy, it's been a privilege to work with the two of you as two authors. I'm very excited. So look out for 2023. Our issue is coming out very, very soon before the end of the year. You'll get to hear from Adrian and Kathy and their scholarship and their work. But working with emerging scholars in particular people who have not written a journal article before, um, folks who have done research for the first time, students who are publishing their master's thesis. This is so rich. And people really trust us with their writing, with their vulnerabilities, with their ideas, and that's a gift. So that has been by far the most wonderful part.
1: Amazing. And really, you've been a mentor. You've been a mentor to us, but obviously, and thank you for the show. we were excited to have the opportunity and the chance to write and writing can feel intimidating and scary and overwhelming and also exposing and working with you and your team was just really validating a really positive experience for both of us and so we really appreciated to be able to have that opportunity and to talk to reflect on what it is that we've been doing with here on the podcast and all of the amazing Canadians that we've we've been able to to highlight and talk with and it was really cool if anybody does happen to read that article to be able to highlight all of the beautiful quotes all of really um, bring the the words and the expertise that have been shared over over these past few years with this experience so thank you and then yeah your mentorship of new authors and i think that's really important for people to hear about so maybe to take a bit of the um intimidation factor away and to know that you are supported by not only by you, Sarah Rose, but by your team, by the copy editor, by so many people. So it really was a positive experience for us and something that we would certainly um, hope people would feel invited to, to have that. have that chance to do that. We are so grateful to have had you give so generously of your time coming back as a guest. And I know your time is is precious and you're very busy. So we're so grateful to have had you here with us today.
2: Thank you both so much for the the kind words and for the lovely opportunity to reflect. Like you you use that word so powerfully and that's part of the reason I'm stepping I mean, my tenure is up as as editor-in-chief, but stepping down to do a bit more of my own writing, which I'm excited to dive more into. Because I do think, like you said, writing and researching gives us an opportunity to deepen and enrich our own work and feed the profession and move it forward. So I'm excited to do more of that and more teaching. Thank you both for inviting so many voices onto your podcast. I'm continually in awe of how you bring us together and shine a light on individuals and on groups and on projects. And it's, it's so lovely to talk to you. So thank you. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Sarah Rose.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast. To learn more about resources from the show, please visit beyondthestudio.ca. Thanks for listening.